decisions in our hearts and in our lives, but uh, the first most important decision that we can make is to ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, no doubt. Give me Jesus means to give me eternal life. And Jesus put it this way, I am the bread of life. I am the water of life. He is everything we need to eat and drink in a spiritual perspective. And so may our hearts be prepared to want nothing more than Jesus Christ. Whatever else we get beyond that is a blessing from you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I got one announcement. Uh, Director of Student Life, Nick's got an announcement here today. I'm going to skip the high five, even though it was one of the best you've ever had. But I want to make an announcement. I don't know about that. No, it was pretty good good ones in my time. So uh, I know how lots of times I have to take up out of here, and uh, people are like, we'd like Pastor Evan to stay after, and I haven't done that very much. On November 18th, which is two Sundays from today, one, two, something like that, Pastor Dale's going to preach at Lifehouse, and I'm going to stay here. The only one that's not happy about that is Bonnie. She really likes it when I leave. So that's part of what we're planning and trying to do. So director of Student Life, give them an announcement. Okay, so I have a really quick announcement for you guys. So uh, this upcoming Wednesday, we're starting something pretty cool I'm excited for over at Student Life. Uh, We're going to be calling it our homework cafe. So all the students can come in an hour uh, before our uh, small group thing starts so they can get their homework done. We're going to have free coffee, uh, free hot chocolate, and all that sort of stuff. Um, So if you guys have any students or know anybody with that age, that age group uh, between uh, grades 6 through 12, please please bring them. It's going to be a great time. And uh, parents, if you want to come and help out too, that's cool. So it's been right. a lot of fun. So thank Thanks. you. I'm not helping nobody with their homework. That's for sure. So. Anyway, the high five today was who's the oldest candidate to ever make it as president, and that is Trump. Y'all knew it. There you go. You get you get a sticker today, a sticker for having the answer to that. <laughs> well, are you about fed up with all of the political rigmarole? Oh my gosh. Fed up. You know, I turn my answering machine off this time of year. It's just like I'm not leaving my answer. They're not leaving me long messages and that type of thing. But I, what continues to bug me is as Christians that not only just get fed up, I, I totally get that, but they come and they say something like the fact that I'm fed up with both political parties, I'm not going to vote. And they'll say something along the line, show me one passage of Scripture that says I must vote. And then they'll add to that, you know, show me something that says I should vote for the best candidate. And if you just sometimes listen to what is being said and why it's being said, you might come to this conclusion that people are trying to say, hey, God, make me prove to me that I should do this or I won't. You prove to me that I should do this or I won't. And they'll say something like, you know, am I, well, what scripture tells us to vote for only a Christian candidate or what passage of scripture tells us to only vote for the best candidate? We ask that question, maybe that, if the goal is to vote for only the perfect, then maybe we shouldn't vote at all. The Pharisees came to Jesus, and they were concerned about trying not to support Caesar, not to support Caesar and his taxes. And you have a reference in your notes there. Matter of fact, if you pull out your sermon notes in your program, they're there. Or you can pull out your smartphone and go to the Bible app and go down lower right-hand corner. You can hit that, go to live events, and all of our notes are on your smartphone under the Bible app. 
In Matthew 22, they basically come and they say, you know, we really don't want to, and they're trapping Jesus, I know that, and they say, hey, is it right? Should we pay taxes to Caesar or not, you know? And so Jesus asked the question, let me see that coin you got, and he looks at the coin, he says, whose picture is this? And they said, Caesar. And he simply says these very famous words, so then give to Caesar, what is Caesar's, and give to God, what is God's? So here's the question for us today. You have it right there in your notes. That's what we're going to take a look at. In America, who is Caesar? Will you please meditate on that and think on that? In America, who is Caesar? And so I have in your notes there how we see the candidates, right? Everybody's got all their views, but from the church perspective, from a biblical perspective, how do we see the candidates? And here's what I do today. This is what I do. I'm trying not to mention any names if I can. I don't care if it's Republican, Democrat, Independent, Socialist, or Communist. I divide it to two ways. Here it is in your notes, conservatives. Candidates who promote Christian values and or principles, they promote less government and more personal responsibility. And I'm looking at four issues today with a couple subtitles under each of them, and I believe I could back every one of them if I had the time biblically. The second group that I'm going to look at today is liberals, you know, candidates who promote that they know best how to spend our money, how to raise our children and practice our faith. More government control because they're the brilliant ones, less personal responsibility, let us take care of you. And the best illustration that I could have for you, Ryan, you got this ready for me, is bacon. The best, uh, the picture didn't come out, but in that smoker oven there, a friend of mine sent me, Evan, I'm smoking some bacon for you. And I'm like, yes, smoking some bacon. Now, this is how you can tell a liberal versus a conservative. Conservatives consume bacon. They enjoy bacon. They know it's high in cholesterol and high in fat and high in salt. A liberal will ban you from eating bacon for the exact same reasons, and yet they will eat it themselves. (laughs) They're trying to ban everything because they think they know it's best. That's why they ban frying oil from McDonald's and other places. So now our French fries taste like cardboard. Lord have mercy. All right. As Christians, we look to vote for uh, politicians who support, listen to me, Christian principles and values. Sure, the number one thing would be to vote for a Christian. Somebody who has control of their mouth and everything else. But if that, we vote for people who are non-Christians who support or favor Christian principles and ideas. I could give you many illustrations. Open your Bible and read about Daniel. He had Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan king, who he worked for and served, and God showed him favor through a pagan king. Same with uh, Nehemiah, Artaxerxes. He gives him favor to go rebuild the wall. God has the ability, according to Proverbs 21, verse 1, in the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels towards all who please him. If that's the case, my job is to be praying for all of my leaders. Maria and I have come together and will for an entire week, every evening, praying for the political process and praying for us in this country. See, I'm really not worried too much about being politically correct today. I'm not going to do that on purpose. But I'm concerned that Christian principles and values are getting flushed down the toilet. So I'm not going to worry about that. So let's dive in with the first issue, if you would, please. Stewardship, number one in your notes there, stewardship, how candidates view handling our money, taxes, all right? So the subtitle is number one there for me. You probably got that up already, don't you? You're so good there, Ryan. Liberals tax us for things that we are against, that therefore that we're against. You know, think about something like Planned Parenthood. 
Think about Planned Parenthood and all that they supposedly do that's good and all of the abortions that take place in and through them. I have had a, a family leave because I purported that uh, it was not worth the few that they help with the many that they kill. Now, I wonder how many of you know, I got these statistics last week. I thank those who helped me with several of these things. In Lake County, do you know that 19 of every 100 pregnancies ends up in abortion? Do you know in Geauga, 11, Geauga County, 11 of every pregnancy ends up in abortion? In Ashtabula, 14 of every 100 pregnancies ends up in an abortion. The only stat that isn't involved in that is miscarriages because most of the time those are not reported. Conservatives, I'm sorry, liberals think that they know best how to spend our money. And when it gets there, I see this over and over again, they call it their money. Taxes, taxes, what we're taxed on. And they're clever about this. Oh, yeah, let's put a sin tax on something downtown to pay for certain and different things, and let's uh, just uh, call it a sin tax because it is tobacco and alcohol, and they're really clever with taking money from the poor. They're supposed to support the poor. Do you know how much lotteries take from poor people that make under $20,000? Just Google it. Take a look at it. It's amazing. And how they and where they advertise to take money from the poor. Because they, they want that money and then they lie to us about what they're going to do with it. Taxes, everybody. Liberals handle it this way. Conservatives, if you're looking to see how conservatives handle it, I don't care what initial or what party they're with. Conservatives were working that I see, they're working to defund Planned Parenthood. And they're having some progress with that. I know it's a little bit back and forth. So that our taxes aren't paying for something that we are against. True conservatives cut government spending. I don't remember when the last time it was that somebody said, my, my administration, my cabinet, they are all going to cut their budget starting at 5%. They're always telling us to cut. But if you have anybody even on a state or a local level or a national level, why are they not uh, cutting taxes? Why are they not cutting their spending is what I mean to say, you know. So conservatives, you know, true conservatives cut that stake local all the way around. But there's not just taxes that have to do with uh, stewardship. That's personal. How about tariffs, number two? How about tariffs or trade, call it what you want? Because we're Americans, we also have a say in, what, in who we trade with. I have a question for liberals and conservatives. How come it is that for years and years, I never knew how indebted specifically we were and how unfair trade was to the countries around us? How is it that now I am finding out the exact numbers, whether it's Mexico or whether it's Canada. I was listening the other day, all of you know this probably about China, if you listen to the news at all, and I apologize for where I'm at. I had surgery. I was uh, off two weeks uh, reading some magazines, getting some information, watching TV, liberals and, and conservatives, and I was on drugs. <laughs> and so I'm, I have to ask myself to just slow down a little bit. I apologize, everybody. Just, I'm off drugs now, so whatever. Tariffs, you know, China, $350 billion in uneven trade, another 350 I'm just rounding the numbers, to um, uh, 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 theft of software. I heard a, a guy talking to a CEO of a billion-dollar company who was trying to get into China, and the Chinese right up front basically said to him, well, you have to give us the password to your software. Because they're stealing, they steal it, right? And with no apology about it. Now, this guy didn't do it, but do you know how many American companies have done that? Because they want the business, they want the money? I tell you, at first, the theme 
America first didn't really sit real well with me because as a Christian, I think to myself, you know, the first shall be last. But nowhere do I read in Scripture when I find this out that Jesus calls us to allow other countries to raid and to pillage everything about us. Conservatives believe trade should be on a level playing field so that our manufacturers, so that our farmers, so that U.S. companies can compete. We hold other countries' feet to the fire, and even if at first it's tough on Americans. I know people, I spent a couple years in Kansas. I know where farmers live. I know where they're at. I know somebody who's a salesman for steel and metal and copper and stainless. And it's, when you first start to do this, it is hard. Whenever you do something that's right, it's hard, and it's hard, and it's hard on the farmers. But the farmers that I hear, they want this. They say it's about time. We cannot compete because of subsidies and because of tariffs. We know it may be painful, they say, for a while, but it is necessary, and that's what conservatives know and think. The second one I'd like to talk to you about is security. We're taxed for uh, uh, and promised protection, you know, right? It's in the Declaration of Independence. So the first one I'd like to talk to you about is boundaries. When you regard to security, boundaries. And when I say boundaries, I'm talking personal boundaries, protection from people who want to do us harm personally. It seems from the liberal perspective, if you turn the TV and listen to them, it seems like they're always against law enforcement. They're always on the side of the criminal. If the crime happens to be a person of color or race, the evidence doesn't matter. And if the jury comes out against them, then it must be racism or whatever they want to call it. You, it doesn't matter what the evidence is. It all depends on who it is and how the outcome comes, you know. They uh, believe that the problem is with guns. It's not with the criminals. It's not with the bad people. They always believe that it's, it's with the guns. The hypocrisy of the whole thing is liberals want their boundaries secured. Listen, I'm not promoting mailing bombs to, to liberals. But when that happened, didn't they want their security? Didn't they want it taken care of right? That's, and don't they travel with protection? The same ones that they're trying to take from us, conservatives, under boundaries, honor and respect law enforcement. You know, um, when I, I watch how people respond when a police officer shows up. I watch how they get in their face. I watch how they're yelling and they're screaming at them. I watch and I see what's happening. And then I find out there's a class to know how to engage a police officer when he comes up to you. A, a class. I had a class for 21 years from my mom and dad. I was brought home by the police. I was a fugitive on my mini bike and they caught me. I knew how to treat them. And whatever they did, it was doubled by mom and dad. Conservatives know and conservatives understand. We say, and we know that there's a few bad apples out there. Trust me, we know that. Conservatives uh, fight for Americans to protect themselves and their families. They support the rights that are found in the Second Amendment. Conservatives know that we should be able to protect our space, our boundaries, whether it's in our homes, in our schools, or in our churches or synagogues. Borders, number two. Borders, number two, under security. Well, if we have personal, we should have national, shouldn't we? Liberals want to do anything they can to do away with the immigrations and custom enforcements, uh, what you know as ICE. Now, several months back when they came out with this, I thought, you bunch of fools. 
You're, you want to do away with ice? Man, this is going to take you, you, you. Nobody's going to agree with this. Was I wrong? Amazing. The people that they are convincing that we should do with, away with immigration officers. That we should do away with them. And the liberals, that's kind of what they support. Just so you know it. You know, at first I thought that was going to go crazy. But open borders they want for one reason. Do you know the one reason they want open borders and they want everybody in here? They want it because of power and because of votes. Yes, that's exactly why. That's what they want. That's what they're looking for. And as I take a look and I listen to what Lindsey Graham said during the Kavanaugh hearings, right? What did he say? He said, I I got the quote here so I don't mess it up. He said, boy, y'all want power. That's how he said it. (laughs) Gosh, I hope you never get it. Now, how many of you know, I just wrote this down, that through the house went a vote and one of the issues that they brought up is that, uh, that only Americans can vote in an American election. No kidding. All of the conservatives, all of the conservatives voted yes. Every single liberal voted no. You know why they want open borders? I shouldn't say they, because you don't know if I'm a, liberal, if I'm a conservative or a liberal. <laughs> the reason they want it is for votes, to vote them into power. Oh, They want power. While Christians sit around and we debate, should we vote for this person? They don't really speak right. They're not not acting like a Christian. They're tromping us. And they're winning. Conservatives support law enforcement. They commend them by putting, uh, because they put their lives on the line. They, They appreciate and they pray for ICE and they support them and the local police, always mentioning them, always thanking them. If you have a candidate who will not give kudos to law enforcement, most likely they're a liberal. You watch the illegal caravans that are coming through. Just hit the pause and then go slow with your, uh, with your remote and take a look at the majority of them about, they say 85 to 90% young men. Uh, they'll put a woman and her child up on there once in a while uh, to use them. You know, my dad... Uh, came here, my, uh, my grandfather, I'm sorry, my grandfather came here. He was a legal immigrant. He went through the process. Maria's mom and dad and many of her uh, close friends and family came through the legal way from Slovenia. The legal way. They, they had to find um, uh, people that would sponsor them. And it was like a, at least a two-year process. We know that we we can't let people who have broken laws to become citizens in our country. And and I want to say to you that maintaining the momentum that our country has and building on it is not automatic. We don't just sit back down and say, oh, we got this covered. It takes work and active engagement. One thing is for certain, if we fail to occupy the ground that we've won, we will lose it down the road. And yes, those are military words. Favor and hindrance. Next. Favor and hindrance towards what? Towards religious rights in America. And I have, I, ho- I hope that you have a couple, you know, Christian magazines so that uh, Citizen and Decision Magazine and other ones telling you to vote and get out there and vote and be a part of it. Because favor and hindrance, number one, has to do with freedom. And it has to do with religious freedoms. Libs want to squash our religious freedoms, especially Christians. 
You know what happened several years back that the IRS targeted Christians and targeted nonprofit organizations. Liberals have put liberal judges after judge after judge in. The Ninth Circuit Court is so liberal. They're ruling consistently against Christian values. In 2015, the Supreme Court of the United States changed the decision or made a decision that marriage does not have to be between a man and a woman. And in 2015, the highest court in our land basically came and said, you know, we don't really care what God says. We don't really, really care what he says, what he does. You know, we just think that this is kind of the way it goes. And that's part of the difficulty that we have in our country. The Supreme Court is a change. And conservative candidates, they embrace men and or women like Judge Kavanaugh. What he did as a teenager, they care about ideology and constitutionalism and where he stands. And he gives us the example, as far as I'm concerned, for the type of person that we want to support to make decisions that guide and direct America. Freedom. Number two, under a favor and hindrance is freed. How many of you know this has been about... Well, in the last, I can't know the period of time, about 20 American hostages or detainees that have been freed. And I, it's probably been, well, and that might be some old stats or whatever. See, when is the last time any liberal freed an American hostage without paying the other country a lot of money? Or making some kind of concessions in some way, shape, or form? You know? When is the last time liberals freed a Christian that was being held bondage and it was free of charge. I mean, not, I don't, maybe you know one and maybe there is. But it is all over the place. Now conservatives, with the help of an evangelical vice president, are on the move, rescuing and getting people and negotiating from a place of power. They negotiated the freedom of 20 uh, held uh, hostages or detainees. Pastor Brunson was the latest, detained in Turkey. Detained in Turkey, set free, brought to the White House. And I don't know if you saw it, but did you see him praying over the, uh, uh, the conservative uh, uh, of the free world? I mean, it was a little awkward there for a minute. But they had made their mind up. And you know who told him? His wife. Thank goodness for your wives. His wife said, don't forget you. Did you watch it? I watched it. And then they panned all over. I saw all these conservative politicians. And I looked for liberals, but I didn't see one of them. Do you know this last week? They just released the sanctions that they had put on Turkey just two, three days ago to put pressure on them to free Pastor Bronson. When's the last time a liberal did that? That's what conservatives do. They get them freed somehow or another. I don't know, Christians think negotiating from a place of strength is unchristian. You know, somehow or another. Next is speech versus silence. Speech versus silence. How many of you have been afraid to let your political views be known while somebody somewhere is spouting them off. I was getting some physical therapy done and one of the secretaries there spouting off this, that, the other, this, that, the other. I went home and checked it out and I, that, and I was ready when I went back. <laughs> Only problem is she found a job and moved on. Rats. How many of us have been afraid to be called a hater or a bigot so we keep our political opinion to ourselves, right? 
Number one under speech and silence is ideas. Liberals want to take away freedom of speech uh, from those who they disagree with. I, I got this quote. Not exactly sure where it came from, so I want to be careful. But it says, when freedom of speech dies, freedom of ideas and thoughts go with it. And what that basically means is, is if they can take your freedom of speech away, they're going to stop you from thinking freely and your ideas can't be talked about. This is what's on the line, America. This is what's on the line, Christians. Ideas. Having a discussion over opposing ideas and letting voters decide is how the Constitution is set up. But listen to me. I want to share their game plan with you. All of you are intelligent. You probably know this. Let me give you one example from the shooter slash the murderer at the Jewish synagogue. Here is what a liberal said on TV. I got a little bit of a quote. Here it is. Quote, The flames of his hatred, speaking of the shooter, The flames of his hatred were fanned by the president who kept talking about this caravan of refugees as if they were terrorists or as if they were coming to our country to commit atrocious crimes, which they are not. Now watch these three steps when this happens, everybody. It went on and on and on how it was the fault continually of somebody else rather than the murderer. Number one, here's the number one step for taking away freedom of speech. The murderer was angry about illegal immigrations. We can all agree with that. If you oppose illegal immigration, you're a murderer. You're one of the despicables. Number two, Even if you never killed anyone, your views have inspired others to kill. You are also a lunatic, just like the murderer in Pittsburgh. And number three, you must change your belief, otherwise you must be punished and or silenced. You see this happen all the time. I think the latest probably was Megyn Kelly. Said something, didn't really mean this, said another. Boom. She goes back and says, oh, my thinking has been realigned because of the pressure of the libs. This is what's happening to our country, everybody. We think we have a right not to vote? I guess you do. But we'll all reap the consequences together. When freedom of speech dies, freedom of thought goes with it. And here's uh, the conservative perspective on freedom of speech. Let's have a discussion Let's have free speech over opposing ideas and let's let voters decide how our Constitution works. For eight liberal years, we've we've, uh, not gotten uh, uh, violence over voting for a political office. They, They haven't been confused. For eight years, we didn't say whenever something happened, it's the president's fault. Whenever something happened, it's this person's fault. Whenever something happened, it was this person or that. We never said that before. Conservatives weren't about that. We put personal responsibility on the individual. Number two, under freedom of, uh, I'm sorry, under speech and silence, is condemnation. And I'm speaking to you as Christian. I'm talking about condemnation of biblical truths and principles and businesses. We don't need to talk much about Chick-fil-A. You all know they stand for marriage, and they're attacked for that. A baker, a florist, wanting to say this is something against my religion. I don't want to do, deal with this. The latest, if you got the graphic for me, is the In-N-Out Burger. How many of you have ever had, ate an In-N-Out Burger? It's kind of west of the Mississippi. Owned by very great. There's one person. I see that hand back there. One person. In-N-Out Burger. You go west, you've got to get an In-N-Out Burger. There's two or three back there, right? The, the uh, Snyders are devout Christians. They made a donation to a conservative political party. And probably their biggest really threat is they put scripture verses on the bottom of their cups. Oh, my goodness. 
Here's what happened. Here's what basically came out. Part of this I cannot share with you. It is too sexually graphic for me to repeat. But the uh, chairman of the liberal, uh, the California Libs, said, quote, let the conservatives and their cronies support these creeps. Perhaps, blankety, blankety, blank, some sexual deviant violence could happen against them. That, that, that's, that's the Libs. Freedom of speech, freedom of... Uh, they're trying to take it away from us, and that's kind of how they handle it. Don't agree with how Christians express their faith? Let's do something to hurt them. How do conservatives handle this? Conservatives don't condemn the right of American liberals to give to their candidates. We don't go after them. We don't promote violence. We don't promote condemnation. I mean, it is interesting to me how much the liberals are doing for the nation Israel. As a Christian, we ought to at least think about the freedom that we have for them and the condemnation that the liberals have against them. We had a liberal for eight years. He was kind of quiet. He didn't really insult anybody. He spoke kindly, did all these different things. Well, behind our back silently, stabbing this country and Christians in the back. Now, sometimes you get somebody and they, they don't really know how to keep their mouth shut. The conservatives say, I don't know if I can put up with this. This guy, this person, this man, this woman, that they're openly supporting many of the Christian principles, values, ideas, and freedoms that I have been praying for since I became a Christian. And it's, sometimes it's just like, God, you work in mysterious ways. And you use crazy people like King Artaxerxes, King Nebuchadnezzar, fill in the blank. In your notes, I have most Americans. Sometimes we wonder how anyone could vote for a liberal. Honestly, don't you just think that? Does anybody think about it? And I think that I might have a little bit of the answer for that. I mean, it's trying to raise a family. It's tough. They're trying to make a living. They want to enjoy life. I ran across somebody this past week and... um, she is a longtime friend and not a Christian. She says, I am so tired of all the flyers, of all the mailings, of all of the telephone messages. I said, turn your answering machine off like I do, you know. The political process, folks, in this country has gotten brutal. It has gotten brutal. And Christians, because of our generous nature, gentle nature, sometimes we just want to back out of it. And most Americans don't have time to filter through the issues. So what they do is they come home, sit down, they turn on the TV, and whatever channel they happen to turn on, they'll hear that perspective. Either liberal or conservative. And I, I, I truly think that that's part of it. But for you and for me, the question that we started with is where I really want to end with you. Jesus said, whose coin is this? Whose face is on this? And so when we ask the question, you know, uh, in America, who is Caesar? Is it those that are in power? Is it the liberals at the time? Is it the, uh, the conservatives at the time? Is it the government? No. Look in your notes, fill in the blank. In America, who is Caesar? Folks, it is we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect Union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote in general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. You see, we the people hold the ultimate moral and civil authority over the constructs of our government and the performance of her under the rule of law. So for anybody 
who ducks the responsibility of voting, they duck the responsibility that is given to them as a citizen and in citizenship. And if the freedom that we have as Christians in America dies, where will anybody go to find it? So in your notes I have be the people. (laughs) And when I say be the people, be the we people. Not little people, just we the people. And so my, uh, my wife's grandfather died in uh, 1944 in Slovenia. He was part of the Domobranci, uh, she helped me able to pronounce that, Domobranci, which was those who were beginning to speak out against those who were trying to take their freedom. Freedom of speech, freedom to move, freedom to act. They began to take it away from them. What they began to do, they were communists, they were socialists, call them what you want. They began to put all the educated people, all the clergy in prison, all the learned people, because they were speaking out against communism. And so um, at uh, two years ago, when the, her family had a family reunion, they brought up all of their grandfathers and grandmothers and great-grandfathers. They brought it all up, and they brought out a note from Peter Arnez. That's Maria's mother's father. I'd like to read it to you and then put a picture up for you. This says, At his death, this note was found in his wallet. It was written on a discarded sheet of factory paper. He had not the opportunity to rewrite it. And with these words, he said goodbye to his family. Would you put his picture up there for me? He was shot dead in front of his house. And this was what was on the note that they found in his pocket. My dear wife and children, the times have become very serious and dangerous for me. I think it is right to write you a few guidelines to live by because God will decide the time this war will end ravaging the world. If God has decided that I will not see the end of this war, then I want to wish especially you, dear wife, a long life so that you would be a support to children and vice versa, that they would be a support to you. Everything that is ours is yours to distribute according to your conscience as a mother. Whoever is going to be, need more, present them with more. Be concerned mainly for their soul because it is eternal. All else passes so fast. Remember me in prayers and do not forget your caring, all-loving Father. God be with you. Peter Arnes. You think it can't happen here. We think if we just avoid all of the ugliness of politics, they'll just roll over. One of the reasons that some conservatives are winning is because they're acting like liberals in the way that they come against them. Nobody in this church is promoting violence in any way, shape, or form. But when will we stand up and speak up? And if you don't vote, you have a hand in it. If you're not a registered voter, got some time to get ready to get it done. There are those who gave their life in other countries to get here. And I could just as easily have put up a picture of somebody that served in this country for your freedom and my freedom to vote. Would you bow your heads with me today?
Father God, we ask that your spirit would be upon our country. We ask that your spirit would guide and direct those who have in their efforts put biblical values and biblical views and biblical principles first and we pray that you confound the enemy of all of that, Father God. I don't really care what party that they're with. I care if they're conservative in biblical values, if they promote and they, they secure biblical values and principles. Will you have your will and your way and will you do what we don't even deserve? Because sometimes as Christians, we're lazy. Sometimes as Christians, we take advantage. But all that you have given to us, we give thanks and honor to you, Father. Forgive us for times of lukewarmness, for times when we have been not on the front line have given over politics to somebody else because Christians don't want to get our hands dirty. Lord Jesus, come. In a couple days, come strongly. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Lifeline. Hey, guess what? Voting's Tuesday. Did you know that? This Tuesday. And we have a voting center here. Um, And we're actually still looking for two people who could be a friendly face for those who are going to come in to help pass out cookies. So if you are free on Tuesday and have a couple hours, there is a sign-up sheet out in the hallway. So that, yes, we're Christians and we need to vote conservative and we need to be out there. But we also need to be a friendly face and um, concerned for people's souls as well. And it's just nice to have people here who can smile, greet people as they come in, give them some cookies. And maybe they'll stop by on Sunday um, and check us out as well. So, a couple other announcements. I'm going to try and go through these a little quicker. Remember that everything's in your program and we have everything on a calendar as well. So put the calendar on your fridge or something so you can remember when events are coming up. The first one is that all Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes are due today. So if you have them, please bring them in. Put them, oh yes, ushers, would you come forward? Sorry. Ah! And fill out the friendship pad. I got excited. Fill out the friendship pad if you could. There's information in there that um, you can put your email, you can put your address, whatever you want, but we would just ask at least if you'll put your name so that way we can um, keep track of attendance and stuff like that. So, yeah, Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes due today. Please bring them in. Drop them off there if you forgot to do that. Um, You can find someone that will help you contact um, Nancy Medved to um, bring them to the, the su- next Sunday. That's what they said. If you forgot, know your box, no worries. Bring it next Sunday, but they're due today. <laughs> uh, well, once again, pre- prepare a meal for Project Hope for the Homeless. So if um, you're interested in that, there's information in the flyer. Please see or contact Jim O'Leary for that. It's just a great way for us to, or Gina Inman, says I'm always used to it being Jim, um, See Gina Inman, and that's something that we do to reach out to our community. On Sunday, November 4th, today, First Samuel Bible Study is starting at 5 p.m. at Bud and Kim's home. There's more information. It's going to be hosted by David Mowry, so if you're interested in that, please see his contact information in the program. And then November 18th at 6 p.m., it said Lifeline on the 
I'm at, on the sheet, but it's actually going to be at Life House Church. We're going to do a night of worship because um, Nick and the Student Life Ministry ha- are offering child care. So we're going to do it over at Life House so that way your kids can be watched during it as well. Um, please come for a time of pie to give thankful testimonies just as a time as a church. It's always great to hear how God's moving in other people's lives. You can bring a pie, sign up with Bonnie for that, and um, just come together to, to be thankful. We have so many things we can be concerned about, but we have so much to be thankful for in this country. So come to that as well. Put it on your calendar. Um, Oh, and then thank you, everybody, for last week. Sorry, that was confusing. Thanks to everybody last week who helped with the trunk or treat. We do have a quick video we'll play as we head out, but thank you so much. I know it was a rainy, and I was surprised by the amount of people that still came even though it was raining. So thank you to everybody who helped out with that. Two last quick announcements. We'll play the video. One is that we do have a prayer team, so if there's something on your um, mind that you need prayer for, please fill it out and put it in the box. And Saturday, November 10th, is the monthly ladies' brunch. It's at 9 a.m. Everybody's welcome. And then just one last quick announcement. I want to wish Ricky a happy one-year anniversary today. And now we can play the video.